Welcome to the Lutheran Prayer Hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O From John the tenth chapter. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. 
And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. O Lord, have mercy on us. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Alleluia. This Sunday is a favorite of many, and it has a popular name, Good Shepherd Sunday. But the old Latin title from the introit and Psalm 33 is Misericordias Domini, which means the mercy of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, or even the steadfast love of the Lord. The Lord is our shepherd, a good one, a kind one, and a loving one. 
We expect to hear today about Jesus who loves his sheep, and we do. But how can our one-word love really capture what God's love is? It can't, of course. Love is a word so common and ambiguous to us that it means about as much as nice or interesting, or for that matter, good. Is Jesus really only a good shepherd? Why not a great one? Well, today is the Sunday of God's immense love, which no one word can capture. From the Latin, we have misericordia, which is made of the words mercy and heart. All the ends of the earth are full of the mercies of the Lord, because the Lord is, at his heart, merciful. His core is merciful, and that mercy shows up in everything that he says and does. It flows out of his deepest character, and when he shows mercy, it is out of his true and proper nature. His mercy endureth forever. But the Hebrew word that is used here isn't always translated mercy. The King James Version of today's psalm has goodness, the deep goodness that makes everything else good, the proper, right, noble character of God. That's the sort of good that our shepherd is. He is wholesome, nourishing, righteous. He is ideal, appropriate, just right. But what good would it do to speak of God's self-contained character alone? That's how the ancient Greeks thought about God. He was the ultimate, perfected form of goodness. He was the ideal from which the word idea also comes. And the idea of God doesn't really do you much good. The idea of love will elude your grasp. The gods, as the Greeks imagined them, were so inaccessible, distant, that they really were of no concern to us. They certainly were not loving or kind. The great mercy of the true God, however, is something translated as loving-kindness. This is an attempt to express how the Lord's character leads him to act. His character is to be kind, not simply in himself, but toward others, toward us. It's a kindness that is motivated by love and that is love, which leads to the way the English Standard Version renders it, the version that we hear read in church, the one used for our psalms in the hymnal, the steadfast love of the Lord. Love alone might sound too sappy or be confused with romantic love. That's a problem that's often plagued the church, especially when we also begin to talk about relationships with God. The Lord's love is known for something most relationships sadly lack today. His love is steadfast. He is steadfast, unflinching, faithful, reliable, truthful, and consistent in his love. It is not fleeting or shallow, but lasting. So also, it affects him. His merciful heart pours out for us. Really, the peculiar New Testament word compassion used especially in the parables of Jesus, like the Good Samaritan and the Prodigal Son. It is also aiming at the Lord's steadfast love, which drives him to action. It'd be hard to hear today's Good Shepherd text without also thinking of what Jesus said elsewhere, that he looked out and had compassion on the crowds because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Mercy, loving-kindness, goodness, compassion, steadfast love. When you hear or read these words and phrases in a Bible translation, know that they are all talking about the same thing, this defining characteristic of our God, which no single English word really can capture. But when it comes to understanding this great and merciful love of God, 
it will not do to simply pool all of our English words together and see what picture they paint. Jesus wants to teach us what his love is in today's gospel. I am the good shepherd, he says. How? Why? In what way? I lay down my life for the sheep. It isn't that the Lord is the good shepherd because he is God, obviously better and more capable than a sinful human being would be at everything from jump roping to crocheting to doing his taxes to, of course, shepherding. No, what makes Jesus good is that he lays down his life for the sheep. He shepherds not just to the point of death, but precisely by his death. The Lord's care of his sheep includes many other descriptions also. He knows his sheep. He cares for them, unlike the hirelings. He speaks with his voice to them. He calls them by name and leads them to good pasture. But he is uniquely the good shepherd because of something no other shepherd, good or bad, loving or careless, steadfast or cowardly, does. He is the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world. He dies for them. For this reason the Father loves me, John 10 continues, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. This is the charge that I have received from my Father. And in fulfilling it by his obedience to it, Christ is worthy of this great and beloved title, Good Shepherd. The same is true of that little word, steadfast love or mercy. How is it that the Lord loves us? How can we know and understand his love rightly and fully? We know it in his keeping of the Father's charge, in the laying down of his life. God's love for us is known in the person and in the work of Jesus Christ. And so we see that it isn't a happy thought or a well-wish. It is him answering his own demands, satisfying his own justice, bestowing his own righteousness. God loved the world so. That doesn't mean so much, like with a big bear hug and a sloppy wet kiss. But it means in this way, that he gave his only son into our flesh, over to our sin and its punishment, into death and hell itself, that whoever believes in him should not perish as he did, but have everlasting life. Christ's death is not merely a picture or an expression of God's love, that he was willing to do this for us. No, it is how he loves us. His death is his love. Consider for a moment the Old Testament, which isn't just a story of the Lord's happiness about his sheep. It is also the story of the Lord's zeal for his sheep, his anger at every false shepherd and every evil enemy that would harass them. I will bind up the injured, he says, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. There is a bit of wrath behind the Lord's love. Indeed, his love would be empty without it. The Lord did not save your sins. He saved you from your sins. Only the Lord is actually able to divide and distinguish the two. For the soul that sins shall die, the Bible says. Who ought to be held responsible for the sins? The sinner, of course. What lies in our hearts is not mercy or love, but evil. What the Lord once called very good is anything but since the fall, since we with Adam listened to the voice of the ultimate hireling and thief following after the devil. So shall the Lord rescue the devil too? Should we be caught in our sins forever, living with them, continuing in them for all eternity? No. The Lord's wrath and his love do not seem to be reconcilable at all. We are not neutral or lovable, 
but like sheep we have all gone astray. Only in the laying down of Christ's life do we have the merciful heart of God. Only there is the steadfastness of God's love made possible and given to us. For the Son bears the Father's wrath. He turns it away from us by bearing it himself. He suffers the sting of death, our punishment, our sin's justice, in our place. That is all what is loaded into that simple phrase, I lay down my life for the sheep. And that is what God's love truly is. In this we understand how John could write in his epistle that God is love and actually be saying something useful. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. By this love and the voice that it proclaims, it, the Lord Jesus, makes himself our good and loving shepherd. He gathers us together, forgives us, and keeps us. The love of God, by whatever English word we use, has returned us to the shepherd and overseer of our souls, to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The beloved new love, the beloved now love, those who have received mercy show mercy in turn. Those who are forgiven forgive. Your new life now looks like your shepherd's. St. Peter says this is what it now means to be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Christ, that you imitate the suffering of Jesus, that his death is the example for your life as well. He spells it out practically. It means that you tell the truth with no deceit in your mouth. You don't speak ill of others. And when people turn against you, you don't threaten them, but you entrust yourself to God and let him be judge. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. But it is by his wounds that we are healed. So, dear Christians, we are not only newborn infants brought back to baptism, brought back to the Lord's death and resurrection through the holy absolution. We are also his beloved sheep, brought back to the Lord's steadfast mercy and love. He has delivered our souls from death and kept us alive in famine. He prepares his table in the midst of our enemies to nourish us. All because of what Christ has done, this defining characteristic and action of God, his love in action, that he lays down his life for his sheep. He has laid down his life. And he has taken it up again out of mercy for you and for me to save us from ourselves and from all our enemies. And he is steadfast as a shepherd. The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, those who hope in his misericordias, his mercy. And there is no good greater than this. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who by the humiliation of your Son did raise up the fallen world, grant to your faithful ones perpetual gladness, and those whom you have delivered from the danger of everlasting death, make partakers of eternal joys, through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. The Lutheran Prayer Hour is brought to you each Sunday morning by the Lutheran Congregations of the Missouri Synod in southeast North Dakota. This morning's broadcast was conducted by the Reverend Sean Denzer, visitor of the Southeast Circuit. If you have no church of your own, we extend a cordial invitation to hear God's word with us at one of our Southeast Circuit congregations. You can find service times, sermons, and other information for the faithful Lutheran Church nearest you at sendlcms.org. That's S-E-N-D-L-C-M-S dot O-R-G. If you have any questions about the Bible, the Lutheran Church, or any comment regarding this broadcast, address them to KBMW 605 Dakota Avenue, Wapaton, North Dakota 58075. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.